Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Guys, welcome back from Columbia. How was the trip? Any good stories from the road? <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> uh, now, we, uh, me and Palmer got into some, uh, got into listening to some stand-up comedy. Uh, Shane Gillis. To? Shane Gillis. And uh, I don't know. Just look up Shane Gillis. Uh, very Shane's funny, funny guy. Jake. Yeah, Jake was funny. on the hotel room floor laughing so hard that I thought I was. I I thought I was gonna have to cover the game alone because yeah. I thought he was gonna die. Yeah, uh, so. Columbia has that effect on people. <laughs> Hysteria. I'll tell you what, man. We went to this place. It's called Terra. And it's in this nice little place over by the river, close to downtown Columbia. Well, one of the cooler places I've been to in Columbia. I mean, it was just – it had a good vibe all the way around. Um, we went there, had some stone crab, uh, you know, some – I had some fish. Palmer had some steak. Uh, our buddy Johnny Sanders uh, had some fish as well. Took him forever to eat it. He's a slow eater. Uh, and, pretty, uh, pretty boy eater. Pretty boy eater. Yeah, pretty boy Johnny. And uh, then we, uh, you know, we just kind of hung out Friday night. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hung out Friday night and then I uh, got an early start on Saturday. It was a long day and I'm still kind of, kind of wiped out tired from it, to be honest with you. Yeah. These SEC road trips uh, can be tough. Um, I have been on them a few of them myself. Uh, I'm not going to complain too much being able to work on YouTube from home, but you guys did a great job on the dog's first road trip, almost as good of a job as Georgia did. Uh, it is our Sunday live final show here on the Georgia show, getting our final thoughts in while we collect those. Let's go ahead and give some shouts out to the people that are watching with us. Glenn Hartley, our comment champion, of course, getting in there first, just a very consistent, steady chopping wood attack from Glenn Hartley. Uh, Glenn also adds total domination over the chickens. Tyler Brennan, Maybe, I don't know, Glenn Hartley's from Georgia, Vidalia, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, Tyler Brennan tuning in from Southern California, though, the other SC. And he says, go dogs." Thanks, Tyler. Alan Frazier, go dogs from Plano, Texas. Send me a tackle box, bro. Four dogs. And the comment from Alan Frazier. I don't know if these show up, these emojis show up or not. But uh, guys, wow, what a whooping. That's really all I've been able to say to anyone when I've been talking about this game over the past, uh, I guess, 24 hours now. What are your thoughts, Palmer? I heard from Jake, got his instant reaction. What did you take away from the game, man? Yeah, I mean, I thought that, that it looked really good. Um, you know, if, if, if the vibes were off last weekend after the 33 to nothing win over Samford, uh, they're certainly back in, in the same spot that they were uh, after that Oregon game with this 48-7 to win over South Carolina. Um, you know, I, I think Kirby Smart may be wanting uh, the, the Todd Blackledge, Sean McDonough crew to be calling, uh, Molly McGrath to be calling every Georgia game the rest of the season because 
the two that they've called, that crew's called, Georgia played pretty darn good in both of them. Uh, coming out hot, get forcing turnovers early, uh, jumping on the on their opponent. And, you know, hey, we, we saw Oregon put up a, you know, looked pretty good on Saturday against BYU, a, a talented BYU team. So, you know, South Carolina, I don't think it's, it's all downhill from here. Um, you know, I think that – you know, I think Georgia is a really, 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 really good team, and they're going to make some good teams look pretty bad this season. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of the narrative. Uh, you know, I spent a little bit more time in Columbia uh, last night after the game, and, and that was kind of the narrative around town was, you know, man, Georgia, you know, the, Georgia fans, y'all, they're not even saying anything but and because they expected it. You know, come on, bra- brag to us a little bit. Make it make it feel like you you came in here, uh, you know, not expecting to do what you just did to us. And um, well, Georgia's you know, I, living. I think Georgia fans are carrying this uh, act like they've been there before mentality, which is kind of impressive. I, I think there was some fidgeting early on this off season, really wondering about Stetson. Obviously, those worries have been put to bed a little bit, uh, but a big weekend for Todd's. Todd with two D's says Bennett is the least efficient fourth quarter quarterback in the country. The stats don't lie. He doesn't really have to do much work in that frame. Uh, but Todd Munkin is the guy. He's the real Todd. You, you talk about Todd Blackledge and Todd from Jefferson, Georgia, who's uh, very proud of his Jefferson Dragon Malachi Starks, I'm sure. Todd Munkin is that dude. Yeah, he's doing an incredible job right now. And I think, you know, after going back and watching the game, I mean, you know, you see it in real time. You see a defense that's kind of like, whoa, you know, they're they're just slow to react and and they're 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 just kind of a step behind Todd Munkin. And, and then you watch it on we watch it on film and you kind of you know harken back to some of the things you saw in person. You're like, man, he's just a step ahead right now. And uh and and Georgia is is really using that to its advantage because here's the thing. An offensive coordinator can get you ahead of the game. He can he can keep you in a spot where where you're always kind of a step ahead, right? But you still got to execute out there, and and Georgia's doing that at such a high clip right now. Um, you know, especially it's it's one guy. It seems like every game, it's it's at least one guy every game. You know, in game one it was Kenny McIntosh. He was making guys miss and making you know making big plays whenever he was put in space and then this past week it's, it's Brock Bowers doing it and you know Kendall Milton made some plays against Samford um, you know somebody every game that is stepping up and making the most out of what Todd Todd Munkin calls for him and I mean Brock Bowers I mean I, I hate to put the whole you know I think the whole cheat code thing is overdone and Brock Bowers is a cheat code man he's left left right right a b a you know start I mean, he's that dude. Right bumper, left bumper, all yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, what a game from him, man. Jake, you nailed it. It's one guy every game that you just aren't going to be able to have an answer for. And the depth is just insane for Georgia. A.D. Mitchell goes out, no problem. Who? A.D. who? You know, it's I'm being facetious there because Georgia really would love to have him back in some games that are competitive. Uh, but Brock was a man amongst boys. He looks NFL ready. And I don't think that's hyperbole. The catch that he made, getting his toe down, whoa, that was just insane, man. And if you've been to Columbia, those plays don't come easy. They didn't come easy against uh, South Carolina's DBs 
yesterday, even though Cam Smith was out, but Brock just elevated. And that's what Georgia needs from all of its skilled players. But if there's one guy that's an X factor game in and game out, like Todd Munkin is highlighting, yesterday it was Brock's day. Who's up next? You know, could be anybody. Wes, it's it's not hyperbole at all to say that he's NFL ready already because uh, quite literally, the, I was talking to somebody Friday night talking about Georgia's tight ends and in that room and what the future could look like. And uh, you know, I, I thought to myself for a little while, you know, hey, there could be a pretty big drop off next year. Completely forgetting that Georgia gets another year of Brock Bowers, and and uh, you know, he was quick to remind me saying, hey. Uh, Georgia has Brock Bowers again, and and I think you're forgetting that, but I'm not gonna, uh, you know, count that against you because I did the same thing earlier this week. It's just he, you know, he. It's so easy to forget that he's just a sophomore uh, with with how NFL ready he is. Let's go around the horn uh, on some other tight end topics. Darnell Washington, a topic here from Eric Harrison. Really hope we start getting Darnell more, especially in the red zone. Giving him more targets makes Bowers even better. Yeah, I mean, Georgia went Darnell's direction against Sanford in the red zone, but Stetson was just a little bit off, which is hard to do. Look, I, I'm not going to criticize Stetson too much, but in in live game action, you want to think that a guy as large as Darnell would be a little bit easier to hit, uh, but I'm not going to beat up on Stetson at all, man, after the game he had in Columbia. And then we'll go ahead and get this one out of the way, guys. Todd with two Ds again asking about – Eric Gilbert uh, and why he didn't make the trip. Look, I will let you guys answer because you have way more insight than me, but I've heard you answer it enough to kind of set you up here. It's really miraculous that he's even playing football at all right now and everything he's overcome and still trying to overcome. It's hard to play D1 football, let alone after the struggles that Gilbert was going through mentally and then trying to get back physically but I'll let you guys answer the actual factual question of why he didn't make the trip this time. Well, uh, Kirby Smart indicated that he's not with the team right now. Now, whether that means he's, you know, he's just not with them in Columbia or whatever, he said that he's going through some personal stuff and that he's not with us. And he hopes that they, he, he hopes that Eric Gilbert can get back with him. Um, you know, so it's pretty clear right now that, that Eric is, he's battling it. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of heard some rumors about that. Don't really want to get into anybody's mental health or, or, or struggles or, or personal business, you know, for, but ultimately, you know, somebody can be battling it. And if they're out there consistently performing and they're wanting to play, they're going to get to play. Eric's not doing either one of them right now. You know, he's, he's struggling a little bit and he's struggling on the football field. And that's why, um, you know, he's <clears throat> he's not making the trip to these games. That's why he's not playing more. Approximately 25 snaps now in, in three games. All of those come in the first two games. Um, we'll see where he ends up. Uh, but, you know, my I, I'm in no hurry to watch Eric Gilbert on the football field until, you know, he can kind of get some things, uh, you know, just, you know, dialed in in his own life. And I think that's what's most important. It's bigger than football. Yep. Yep. Uh, totally agree, and uh, certainly wish him the best. Obviously, uh, in this day and age, unfortunately, a lot of those struggles are just made more public than they need to be. Uh, Glenn Hartley also weighing in on the tight end. Delp is next. How about that touchdown grab in the Carolina end zone where he was heavily recruited as well? We want to talk about the future at Georgia's tight end position uh, with Brock coming back and after Brock is gone. I mean, that is some scary stuff right there. 
Oh yeah, and and I think that that's a credit to you know Todd Hartley uh, and and what you you know what he has done with that room and and Todd Munkin as well. Um, you know, a lot of Todd 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 talk um, here <laughs> as as uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll get a little bit of a uh, uh, you know sound clip of that one there. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I think that it's it's a lot of credit to those two guys. Uh, Hartley and Munkin uh, both doing such a good job of getting those tight ends and then using those tight ends, scheming it up for those tight ends. A uh, lot of credit and, and you know, just can't say enough about what Munkin is doing, the creativity that he has, uh, the different ways that he's going to use them. Uh, you know, as they were talking about on college football final, SEC football final, there's just not many, if any other tight ends in the country that you can hand the ball off to on a jet sweep or reverse it or have him pitch it to somebody than Brock Bowers. And, and, and if there is another one like that, it could be Oscar Delp. Uh, you know, it, we, 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 the good chance that we're going to start to see him uh, as, as his career at UGA goes along, do a lot of the same things that Bowers is doing because he has a similar skill set and he's incredibly talented. So let's get to the guy that actually ran the show yesterday. How about Stetson Bennett, the mailman, and uh, a lot made of his performance getting sick on the field. Uh, but, I mean, it, it apparently didn't phase him too much, guys, being overhydrated, getting too much water out there in that heat. He finishes the day. Let me pull up his stats here. I believe Todd with two Ds actually helped me out here. Uh, 317 yards per game now. Uh, we'll have to double-check those stats. But Stetson didn't make it to 300 yards passing yesterday. First time he hasn't done that since the national championship when he still played well enough to win the offensive MVP of the game. Uh, but he didn't have to. He got sick. So what? I mean, he booted it, rebooted it, and got back out there on the field and still led the dogs on a couple more touchdown drives. Being up close and personal and seeing Stetson on the field yesterday in live action, how impressed were you with his poise and his performance in the dogs' SEC opener, guys? Yeah, I said this right after the game, and I still believe it. Uh, you know, there, was a, there were times last year whenever Stetson wouldn't, wouldn't have his best stuff, and you were saying that to describe a Georgia offense that maybe did enough but didn't play extremely well. Well, Georgia's offense still played extremely well. Stetson Bennett still played really well. Stetson Bennett was still under control throughout the game yesterday, maybe not of his own, you know, faculties, but but definitely of uh, of of the you know the way he threw the football and the way he ran the football. I mean, he finishes as Georgia's leading rusher. He throws for 284 yards and two touchdowns, runs for another one. He had a great game. And and I think that we've gotten to a point now where Stetson Bennett just went on the road. And he threw for 284, ran for 36 more, and and accounted for three touchdowns. And I don't think he was all that super ultra sharp. I thought he was, you know, you pointed out West some of the balls that kind of got away from him there on the short throws. I thought he had a couple of shots in the end zone where he left the ball, hung the ball a little too far inside, and and his receiver had to fight through a DB. He wasn't as sharp as we've seen Stetson Bennett be, but Georgia still. Uh, rolled Stetson Bennett still rolled, and that to me shows a lot about his progression. Yeah, well, um, the the main thing that Stetson I feel like has been struggling with is the shorter passes, uh, some of the bubble screens that peel out of the backfield. And Eric Zier got to 
tip my cap to him. He's the expert here watching from Georgia's radio broadcast crew. Just, you know, testified. He's thrown these passes too. Uh, how difficult, ironically, it can be to hit a running running back or, you know, Kiaris Jackson, whoever it may be, running out there at that angle. And it's hard to do, but it's something that Todd Munkin evidently wants to uh, include a lot in often in Georgia's offense. And Stetson's missing some of those, short hopping some of those. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, I, I, it's hard to really nitpick too much right now about this offense. But if there's anything I could see tendency-wise – that could get Georgia in trouble. I mean, if there's a few games down the road, someone's been watching their tape, I could easily see if Stetson misfires on one of those passes, something like that getting taken to the house against a better defense or a defense that's that's well-trained. Coach Zyre, my, uh, my former sports – That's your guy. That's, that's your boy. my guy. Some former travel baseball coach of mine, sports psychologist when I was a hot-headed uh, youth. Um, not, that, not that much has changed here. Um, show it more on the golf course now than I do the baseball field. Yeah. You but don't yeah, want to break I'm, those clubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't afford new clubs here. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, Hey, I, I, I think that it, when it comes to Stetson, we're talking about, um, you know, just, just putting this into perspective, the, what he's done to start this season, um, rushing for a touchdown and throwing for 250 yards or more in three straight games. He's the first college quarterback to do that since 2016 when Patrick Mahomes did it at Texas Tech. We've all seen what Patrick Mahomes has gone on to do in the NFL, the kind of quarterback that he is. If you go back to 2004, just in the SEC, three, two, three quarterbacks have done it for three or more games. Johnny Manziel did it for three games. Stetson has tied that. And Tim Tebow did it for four games. Stetson will have a chance to tie that against Kent State on Saturday. The thing those two guys have in common that Stetson is going to try and join, they won the Heisman Trophy the year that they did it. So Ben Watson said it today on, on, uh, on SEC Football Final. Yes, he said it last night, but I saw it this morning. Uh, said he doesn't want Georgia's team to buy in to listen to the noise. But his advice for his alma mater, the PR department better start listening and, and get the Stetson for Heisman campaign going. Well, you have too much rat poison. It'll make you sick. Here's what Stetson had to say about getting sick yesterday. Be fine for the snap and the play. It was the in-between, though. You know, I had to throw up in, but uh, everything else. No, I don't. <laughs> what are you, is that a heat thing or was it a, a, a Yeah, it was thing, a, you know? It was a heat thing. It was my stomach just heated up and I coughed. So I kind of guess. Yeah, that that audio not for the faint of heart. There, uh, let's master get into of some, the puke and rally. Yeah, let's let's get into some rat poison, guys. I wrote about it today. Just a quick observation. Looking around social media, look, it's inescapable at this point. But I'm starting to puke. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit reading some of the things that people are writing about Georgia. I mean, someone wrote something the other day that, uh, or, or this this past weekend, that Georgia isn't a buzzsaw. Georgia is the team that makes buzzsaws weep. It's like, come on. This is just everyone hopping on the train. We were here first. You know, they, they weren't here for the 2016 start of the Kirby Smart era. Where are these people writing about the dogs then? It's getting out of hand. And I am tipping my cap to Kirby Smart because 
if of all the jobs he has, navigating this rat poison social media era when everything is all about the dogs right now cannot be easy from a mental aspect. You know, it, it, it isn't, but this is where you've got to let, uh, you know, it's kind of like being, it's kind of like being a dad, you know, not that I've, I have a ton of experience with this, uh, but at some point you got to train them up and you got to let them go because you can't, can't go watch TV with them every day and you can't be on their phones with them. There's so many hours that they're going to spend away from that facility. And you just got to let the culture take hold. And you've got to trust that when they get back under your roof and when they get back under your watch, that you're able to get them focused and ready and prepared for the next game. And they can clock out and go do whatever they want to go do in terms of watching sports center and reading rat poison or, or, uh, you know, maybe doing a little extra to make sure that they're ready to play the team the next week. And I think we've learned last year that Georgia did install the correct culture. Now, can they keep it going over and over and over again? And and that's just where it's important. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I'm not going to go too long on this. It was a, it was a non-football podcast, and there was a doctor on there, and he talked about kind of where the thing culture comes from, and he mentioned the biology aspect of it. And you throw just a little swab into a Petri dish. Petri dish, yep. Biology. Right, and then the culture forms. And, and that, to me – made so much sense when you start talking about it from, you know, obviously culture in general, but, but when you want to apply it to football, that getting it into a few players and it just goes out and it just kind of infects the others. And Kirby Smart mentioned that after the game uh, with Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, Davin Bellamy, uh, Lorenzo Carter, how it got into those guys and then they taught it to other guys. And so the coaches don't have to, that's uh, that's where this thing becomes special. And, you know, there's still a long way to go, but I feel a lot better about Georgia being able to go that long way than I did three or four weeks ago. Yeah, obviously for the fans watching, it's not your job to worry about the rat poison. But no, I mean, you guys got to enjoy this. It, it's it is not, fun. They don't. They can't get rat poison. You no. know, I think that's what they need to understand. Rat poison proof. Rat poison proof. They they are immune to the rat. They are mongooses. They're mongoose. Right. You know, they're they're immune to rattlesnakes. Bite you and make you sick. You're good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. So enjoy it, man. You know, get out there and and roll around in it and <laughs> get dirty in it and like a just a dog on a dead carcass. Um, <laughs> you know, just have some fun with it. Don't don't pretend like you have to. Don't get on my Facebook page and tell right. me I'm spreading rat poison. I want to hear my, that. My point in bringing it up is that I'm impressed that Kirby's been able to do it. Yeah. That's my whole point in it. You know. It, I'm not critical of, of anyone that's doing it. I get it. Uh, are some of the words written about the team a little bit over the top for me? Yeah, but I understand. They're really fun to watch. Um, before we move on to just wrapping up, looking ahead to Kent State, uh, what were your guys' thoughts on the defense? I mean, they give up the late touchdown, but Georgia starters still haven't surrendered a touchdown, uh, and that's something that Georgia fans can hang their hat on too in the comment section. But uh, just watching this team go out, it's once again this no-name defense that Georgia rallied around last season. And it's ironic because you embrace that mentality of being a no-name defense, it gets you into the NFL draft because your tape still rises with everybody else's. So when you see this team today, Malachi Starks obviously getting a lot of hype as the young yeah, guy. Yeah, there's a name. 
But this rotation is just sick right now. Sick of Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we talked a couple weeks ago about the absurd things that we think Kirby would say. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote it today in, in Rest and React. I, I think he's glad that Georgia's defense gave up a touchdown there, um, you know, so that he can stop hearing about how this defense hasn't given up a touchdown. But Wes over here finding a way to spin it. The starters still haven't given up a touchdown. So well, I heard. I'll, I will admit, I heard that on the. Uh, Welcome to the spin zone. Yeah, I heard that on the radio this morning from a fan calling in. So look, I know what the fans like. I, I know my audience, Palmer. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think that as you, we've just become so accustomed to seeing Georgia playing really, really good defense over the years that it doesn't come as a surprise when they hold a team to seven or less points. Uh, performances like yesterday just aren't shocking. And and they certainly bent. It, it's it's a bend but don't break defense. And uh, you know, there there were some timely turnovers there, some opportunities that they they capitalized on. Um but you know, I, I think that we've just become so accustomed to, you know, seeing Georgia play incredibly good defense that it's it's an afterthought. And, and, you know, I think Georgia fans have gotten to, see, you know, are so shut through, you know, blown away by the offense because that isn't what they've done in the years. Yeah, past. it's it's a it's different. It's like, oh, look at this new toy we have. And 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 I mean, I, I got a little bit of it in the on the board early. I guess it was during fall camp. We were writing about the defense and people were saying, when are we going to stop talking about the defense? You know, I want to hear more about the offense. And at that time, you know, the defense was the question. And now. The defense doesn't appear to be a question. It just appears to be, you know, something it's an afterthought because they're doing their job. And and the offense is the talking point now, not because it's a question mark, but because it's, you know, blowing people's minds over here. Uh, a couple more comments here. Eric Harrison representing from, let me see, let me find his comment here. Philly represent Eric Harrison. There you go. Uh, Eric also says beautiful win. I know people hate it. But few things they need to work on. I guess that's what the top looks like. I think so. I think Georgia is firmly at the top. All right, guys, let's get to our dog stocks. It's a dog stock Sunday. We are going around the horn now, just talking about some things that we feel are either on the way up or on the way down. Palmer, start us off, my man. So I did a lot of thinking about this. I was the last person to send mine in to West today uh, because there were a lot of things that I thought about. Um, couple of them that I'm just going to hit on real quick here before I get into my main one. Um, NFL red zone Sunday ticket down because it was down. What happened? What happened today? It was down today. It was the, my wasn't stock, good. My No, it just was not working. It actually was down. Oh, it was literally, so my, it was literally my, my down stock on it goes down because it was down. So, uh, you know, uh, disappointed in you NFL red zone disappointed in, uh, direct TV there. Not elite. Um, not elite. Not elite. Uh, cameo up. If you haven't, uh, <laughs> Jake over there laughing back. Are you on cameo now? No, 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 no. Uh, Jake said that he would love. Oh God, nation's thinking about you, buddy. <laughs> Why is cameo uh, up? Cameo oh, did you not? Up. Did you not see the boomer sooner? Did you not see the uh, Bob Stoops, Fran McCaffrey, uh, Brian uh, Ferens thing earlier this week? No, I missed oh, it. Oh, brother, you missed out on a oh. great one. 
It's good. It's good. Circle Go. back. Grab a beer and circle back okay. on that one when we yeah. finish up. If, 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 if How do I spell it? What do I need to Google? There's a lot of things flying around right now. I'm not Brian Farron's cameo. Okay. Or, or Bob Stoops cameo. Bob Stoops cameo. All right. Yeah. Or um, Fran McCaffrey cameo. Yep. So, or just cameo, maybe. <laughs> Iowa cameo. Um, cameo oh. up for me. Uh, South Carolina student section down down um uh, down down bad uh they were not there um <laughs> down bad how about ucla yeah ucla not good either uh but but south Troy carolina took him to task south carolina uh not not one that the gamecock gamecock nation gamecock country that, that surprises me I, you know there used to be a day this this used to be america Used to have the number one team in the country rolling to town, and you came up to the game even if you knew you were going to get smoked. Well, and it wasn't that they weren't there; it's that they left that early. Uh, you know, there were fans filing heading to the exits before the end of the first quarter, and, and I think that that's a little bit of of what Georgia did to this team. Uh, did to the Demoral well. Here's what Kirby said: Carolina fan base. Kirby on the radio before the game. I think was talking to Shockley or Scott Howard. And he said, what's the message to the team? And Kirby said, we want to leave a mark and we want to make him quit. And I think he did both of those things. Yeah. He made everybody quit. He made the fans quit. Well, and, and the players said that they, they, you know, they talked about taking the fans out of it early um, because, you know, and, and I said that in the kids to the victory, jump on them early because this is a, this is a fan base that wants this to be close. If you let it be close, they'll, they'll get into it. Uh, Georgia did not let it be close and they did not have a chance to get into it. They got out of the stadium uh, stock up on basketball, blue bloods at football, George, uh, George, Palmer, we got to do, we got to do one stock, one stock, uh, Georgia, not one of those, not a blue blood, blood and basketball, but Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky, all 3-0. But my actual stock report here, I am stock up on Georgia coordinators. I'll start with Will Muschamp because he's on the screen right now. Uh, but, you know, certainly look at the job that he's he done. He was the coaching. story of all the coordinators. He was the story yesterday. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think. Todd I mean, Monk I don't mean like the story, like whatever, what actually happened on the field. I mean coming in obviously right was the guy. right and and jake talked about him on the wednesday show uh he was chopping wood about will muschamp i'm stock up on will muschamp now uh he you know goes back to south carolina his his position group has one heck of a day with two interceptions from the safeties uh th- georgia's got what five picks on the year now uh and and three of them are coming from that four of them are coming from that secondary from three players Will Muschamp doing his job there. Todd Munkin doing obviously doing his job with the offense. But what impressed me the most about Will Muschamp was, and I'll leave you all this to go look up on Twitter. Go look up the video of him talking to South Carolina players, staffers, parents after the game. You can tell the impact that he had on that program, regardless of how it ended on the field. So you mean to tell me that all of the angry – fans on Twitter don't actually represent the reality of how it's, people actually feel about them. It's, it's cr- really hard to wow. believe Wes, but, Amazing. but yeah. Um, South Carolina players certainly missed Will Muschamp and, and got an opportunity to see him back in Williams Bryce stadium on Saturday. 
Uh, not the outcome that the South Carolina players would have wanted on the field, but good opportunity to share a moment with their coach, former coach, after the game. I'm all right. done with my stock report. Cool. We're uh, we're cashing in on all of those. <laughs> Appreciate it. What do you got, Ro? All right, listen. Um, I want to start with one stock up. Nick Chubb, three touchdowns today. Nick Chubb's stock is always up. He Ro, is, I uh, will. I will look. I'm the biggest Nick Chubb guy there is. But uh, if he goes down, instead of scoring on one of those, the Jets run out of time, and, and the Browns still win. Uh, the who game. cares about the Browns winning? Let's get Nick Chubb some stats. All right, let's get into that. I just want points. I, I did not any, want that to go un un. Stated. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. I just All noticed. Right. Uh, I just uh, saw. I didn't either. Kept, I saw it. Watching the box score. Yeah. Uh, but listen, I couldn't I, because you know red zone was down. Yeah, we get it. There we are get some, it. <laughs> there are some people that that would call me a financial guru. Okay, like I, I've probably eschewed a, a lucrative career in uh, in in stocks and bonds and, mm -hmm. and business and acquisitions and and I almost dropped the s bomb there. Uh, and stuff like that. Okay. But um, with that said, um, I, I've, I've got a hot tip guys. I think it's, I've got going to go some different directions here. I got stock down on inflation. Okay. This cash is King. And when I say cash, I mean, cash Jones, Georgia running back cash. Jones. Look, look at that face. That is the face he looks like a, PFT commenter without a little the, uh, bit. He looks like he looks like a cartoon version of PFT commenter. He uh, that dude right there has the look of a bruising tailback. I, I actually I thought he looked really good yesterday uh, in that game. Uh, we were uh, kind of I, I reported before the game that he had made the trip, which was kind of surprising. George was taking five backs, and he was the fifth one. We know why um, now. Uh, you know, I know that George's Twitter account was, you know, Palmer mentioned this during the game. They were so just ready for praying. It. Palmer was ready for it. They were praying for him to get in the end zone so that they could tweet that Randy Moss straight cash on me. Uh, <laughs> it was it was coming. But listen, cash is king again and inflation's going down because Cash Jones stock is up. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful tribute to Cash Jones and that depth at George's running back position and blowouts. I think you're going to get to see a lot more Cash Jones. So for me, guys, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit of a blast from the past here. We're going back in time, and I'm going to say stock up on the Samford Bulldogs, and here's why: Samford has officially held Georgia to its lowest point total of the season with 33 points, and you know the Samford haters out there are going to say it's because Kirby Smart only cares about his former mentor, Chris Hatcher. But I think it's because the Sanford Bulldogs really strapped it up. They represented uh, for you know the smaller schools out there. It's been a big couple weeks for the smaller schools, for the Sun Belt, uh, App State, with the Hail Mary win yesterday against Troy, potentially a letdown after upsetting Texas A&M. But they still find a way to get the win. Uh, Georgia Southern, you beat Nebraska – I know things didn't really go your way yesterday, but as my neighbor, good Georgia Southern fan, pointed out to me, you don't want Helton to win every game because then he leaves. So you got to sprinkle in some losses here and there so you can ultimately take the step up. So I'm going to say stock up specifically for the Sanford Bulldogs. Good job holding Georgia to 33 points. Uh, and overall, for the Sun Belt, 
than some of these little guys. I mean, Arkansas almost getting upset yesterday. South Florida, slightly larger than some of the smaller schools I mentioned, but they almost beat Florida in the swamp. I mean, Anthony Richardson, what happened to that top first-round draft pick projection that was floating around? Listen, after that I don't like to say this about teams, especially like Georgia rivals, but Florida was very, very, very fortunate to win that ball game. They were. I mean, think about how close it was. That dude doesn't step out in the end zone in that last Richardson pick. He could legitimately take that one to the house. You know, but it's just a touchback. I mean, little things like that that Florida's just scraping by on right now, that Utah win, good for them. I'm glad they got it for their sake because I don't know how they're going to keep performing if Richardson keeps throwing the ball to the other team. Uh, something we didn't get into, guys. Ryan Langley here asks, maybe we already talked about it. We didn't. Any idea why Kirby seems so fired up at South Carolina's bench? Now, there was the – the group of uh, women that were out on the field for the Title IX thing, as I said yesterday, that's great. I'm glad they're celebrating it. I have a daughter. I hope that she can uh, go to college for free one day on a scholarship as well. But Shane Beamer was obviously ticked because there were so many people on the field. South Carolina didn't manage that well. Kirby was also kind of hollering. Uh, the TV cameras picked him up. I don't know if it was a coincidence or if he was also ticked. But there was a lot of weird stuff going on. And there did appear to be some moments where Kirby was feeling those competitive fires against Shane Beamer. Was that a fan contrived narrative or going back and looking at it? Do y'all think there was something going on there? I don't think there was much going on there. I think it's probably just circumstance. And listen, when, when Kirby smarts yelling towards the field, there's 11 dudes between him and Shane Beamer that he's probably yelling at, not Shane Beamer. But it's a lot more fun to pretend that he was yelling at Shane Beamer. Pretend is always a lot of fun, dude. I still pretend sometimes. I'm 39. Um, all right, guys. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. As you see at the bottom of your screen, $1 for one year over at dogshq.com. Premium content. You guys churned out some premium stories, premium insight from your perch at williams Bryce Stadium, much more to come this week as we get news leading up to the Kent State Golden Flashes. Guys, it's another former Kirby Smart mentor connection here. No way. Is Saban, it really? Saban's alma mater. I mean, oh. maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Kirby lets up just to send Saban a little message. I don't know. Maybe that's why Georgia doesn't cover this week. What's the spread, Palmer? You wrote about it today. 41. Wow. How do we do on our picks, by the way, Palmer? Did you keep up with that over the weekend? Uh, I have not tallied them up. I know I – We'll get did, to it on Wednesday. I yeah. did not do well. I went 4-1 and one again. Wow. Big so, road. So you got – Running I away and I, We got A&M and Oregon, right? Did you get those? I, I didn't get Oregon right. I did. All right. Well, A&M was the only one I got wrong. Quick quick rundown. Uh, I missed BYU. Roos and I missed BYU. Roe and West got Oregon correct. We all got Ole Miss correct because Georgia Tech lost 42 to nothing. Uh, we all missed Auburn except for Wes. Um, yeah, Auburn. And I thought I had Penn State covering. I did. Maybe I 
Maybe I mistyped it, Jake. You did. Go back and look at the email. I'll, look, I'll look at I'll look at the email. The email is the I don't know. I think whatever gets published is probably the actual. Uh, Go we'll, look at the film. We'll, Penn State we'll, covers we'll at Auburn. Email. We'll look. This at is email. a controversy here. And then Wes, you you got A and M correct, but I didn't have Georgia covering, so mm. got that one. I had a bad – I don't know if I won a single one now that I think about it. Yeah, we all have these weeks. Uh, we, we all got on this. And I actually put any money on it. Uh, please hit subscribe if you're watching this live or if you're catching this on a replay. We're trying to build this YouTube channel up. We want 1,000 followers by the end of the year, but I think we'll shatter that. Need your help, though. So do that. Thank you for following us. Thank you for giving Dogs HQ a chance. Uh, you're you're – you're making it all possible for us by reading us, by interacting with us, by commenting with us. It's fun. makes it fun to talk to people virtually. Uh, it's good good stuff, and it's a lot more fun when the dogs are winning too. Palmer, Jake, get some rest, guys. Busy weekend for y'all. We'll do it again this week. Another live show coming up Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.